Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to episode 27 of the Champ We Are United podcast. We've got the usual suspects in this evening, so let's do the introductions first. And uh, in this evening, we have Rab. Very good evening, all. And also Verso. Hello, all. How you doing? And myself, Gull, who will be hosting. So let's have a quick look at the running order. We'll start off with Rab who has got some messages from Twitter for us, which is good to hear. And then we'll move on to Verso's Comic Corner. And he will be talking about Lookin magazine. I'm really looking forward to that one. Then my uh, subject this evening will be looking at the fighting fantasy game books, which were very popular in the 80s and are still going now, but more on that later, of course. And then we'll finish off with Rab's Rovers on this day, where he'll take a look at a Roy of the Rovers from this week in a year gone by. So first of all, over to Rab. I understand we've got some feedback on Twitter. Yes, indeed. Always good to see, as you said there. And right away, earlier today, I asked for any memories which listeners or followers had of either Look in magazine or indeed fighting fantasy game books. And Terry Angus, a regular contributor, good evening, Terry, came back and said, Was there a comic strip of Murphy's Mob in it at one stage? And look in, there was indeed Terry. I think it was around about 1982. And it ran for, from memory, almost a year. So I look forward to hearing maybe a bit more about that. And Searching Soul 71 said that my brother was a big fan of the fighting fantasy books and choose your own adventures too. Yeah, remember them. Some of the books my mother could get him to read. <laughs> I enjoyed dipping into these too, even tried writing my own a couple of times. Not as easy as it looks to do one though. No indeed. Searching, so yeah, it's absolutely brilliant to hear though, um, both that you were all also a big fan, as we were, as you'll, you'll find out later on, and also great to hear that you, you had a go at some as well. And he also said, Searching Soul 71, that's quite a, here's a word I don't think we've had on the podcast before. You ready? Go on. That's quite a smorgasbord of 70s talent right, lined up right there. Wow. Yeah, we've not had the word talent on before, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. thanks for that. that, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I planned that one. Um, so, yes, thank you, Searching Soul. Brilliant comments there, and also Terry Angus. And kick us off nicely. Wonderful. We'll give the addresses, as always, at the end of the podcast, if you'd like to get in touch, or give us feedback on anything that we've spoken about or something you'd like us to talk about. Mm. But for now, let's go over again to the usual section from Verso, and it's Verso's Comic Corner, and this week it's Lookin magazine. Verso. Yeah, so um, Lookin was, um, was well, when we were kids, it was our TV times. Um, I think it was uh, ITV launched it. Um, yeah, and I picked a couple of um, couple of years to look at because I think, well, for me, it's like everything. We discussed Grange Hill last week and the bit we remember and the bit we thought was the best. It was the bit 
we liked. So for me, it was sort of late seventies, early eighties. Anything before that, we didn't really know. Anything after that, we were too old to enjoy. So um, they may not have been as good, but in our heads, they were. Mm. So sort of, I think about seventy-eight to about eighty-three, eighty-four. I, I I got looking. Got looking nearly every week. I think um, it was it was one one of the ones one one of my grandparents bought round when she used to babysit. So always got looking. And um, the, the bit I loved was um, the little TV guide they, they stuck in there. And um, it was, it was cause I'm, I'm from the Anglia TV region. Yeah. So um, I used to actually little memory quite sad. I used to um, get a felt tip pen cause we never had highlighters in them days. And I'd, I'd mark against Anglia and, say like half past five it'd be a program and i'd see where else in the country if they had something different and mm. that would that that would you know every, every week that would be the first thing i'd do i'd go to the tv bit and um see if um those in the southern region were watching something different to me and <laughs> wanting to know why but you can never find out because you didn't have such thing as internet then to find out why they were watching different things to us so um yeah and you'd You'd see all the other like Tyne Tees and Ulster and Grampian. I don't think any of these exist anymore, do they? As as in no, uh, that all of the franchises uh, ended, um, and now it's just generic, isn't it? I do yeah. miss, I do miss the old idents. You know, the little uh, stings that you would get at the beginning of programs. You know, like the, the the Thames Television one or Central Television. Might yeah. touch on that at some point in the future, but yeah, sorry, carry on. Yeah, we, we had the um, we had the um, the knight in the in, yes. in his armor on a horse. Oh, know. hang on, is that? Yeah. That's the one. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, the um, the issue I've popped up here is um, is from the twenty seventh of August, nineteen eighty three, and I got a brand new story in this week, and it's Murphy's Mob. Oh, uh, superb. As um, yeah, I I searched for this one because um, Rab done a little bit of Murphy's Mob in a previous podcast, mm. and then um, as, as you say, we had, we had a great comment on on your Twitter feed about Murphy's Mob. So yeah, it's it's ideal. It's um, brand new story, and um, they're just you know I had a quick read of it earlier, and right. I don't remember any of it. Murphy's Mob, all you know. I remember the TV program. I couldn't yeah. name couldn't name any of the, any of the characters. Um, the main man was called Mac, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't remember the, the kids. I think we discussed this before. And um, but so looking at the pictures, it doesn't really remember anything. But also, also um, a lot of American shows were covered in looking, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chips. Yeah, the, <laughs> I uh, love. Chips, da 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 da. da. <laughs> the, the, the bionic couple we, uh, yes. we we touched on last week in in the games section that we done. Charlie's uh, Angels. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the Charlie's Angels. But then um, here's a quick quiz question for you. Sorry to interrupt, Verso. That's all what right. Do, what do chips stand for? You probably can see it and they're looking. Oh. California Highway Patrol. Oh, straight out yeah. of the box. Yeah, yeah. And now, and um, they. It was, I suppose, it was sort of modelled as a as a TV magazine, but yeah. it covered more than that. You know, it had pop music, didn't it? it had a bit of sport, yeah. a bit of 
bit of um, science fiction. Mm-hmm. Well, it was the Junior TV Times, wasn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. It's the same. Uh, I think we talked about this off uh, off recording last week. Um, that that uh, the Radio Times for the BBC uh, they had a, a junior magazine. I think it was called Beeb magazine. It was indeed, yeah. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, um, Airwolf was a was a strip in the eighties. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think when um, when ITV brought in American dramas, there must have been some sort of tie in to get it into looking as well to try and try and sell it. Full guy, do you remember the full guy? Yeah. 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 Majors, Lee Majors. Yes. Yeah. Um, some some British ones that we had. Um, again, I'm. You've got sitcoms. Uh, there's there's a strip in, in one of the episodes, uh, one of the issues I've got of Mind Your Language. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. The um the, the, the absolutely rather... political incorrect Mind Your Language. Yeah. yeah, but it made its way into a, a children's comic. <laughs> yeah, which is weird, really. It's, it's probably one of the, the, the weird ones. Um, I mean, you, you know, you, you've got your kids' programs, your your Battlestar Galactica. I suppose that's bordering on sort of young teenage yeah. but you're super grand and um what we got garfield and scooby doo the americans you got number 73 he's, he's just popped up on my screen here remember no, no, number 73 yeah that yes. was uh saturday morning wasn't it, it with was, uh, yeah. what's she called that now does qi San, sandy toskvik yeah and um neil buchanan yeah Who's allegedly Banksy? If, if you want to believe some of the um, <laughs> strange things you read on Twitter, but I can't see Neil Buchanan as um, Banksy. It'd be funny no. if he was, though. It'd be brilliant. Yeah, um, Dick Turpin. Yes, oh, the um, the Richard O'Sullivan. Yeah, yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, this um, it's basically anything that was sort of um, in the top ten of the TV. Of the sort of late seventies, early eighties, you'd find him looking. Yes. Um, yeah. There's um, again going through the list here that I've, I've jotted down. There's um, it, there is quite a few adult themed programs made their mm. way in. And so um, we we just quickly dip into a nineteen seventy nine one I've got here, and we've got um, it's the the covers. The covers were great because they were before they. Um, moved into making it into a sort of a glossier magazine to sort of rival everything else. It, the artwork was was painted, wasn't it? It was... Mm-hmm. Um, so the one I'm looking at here now is from um, with this one, this 1979 issue, which I'll pop onto the website. That's um, got Kung Fu on. Uh, no, it's, <laughs> it looks like Kung Fu, but... David Carradine. It's from yeah. the World Disco Dancing Champion. All right. Yeah, so it leads you in. You think, ah, oh, kung fu, you know, it's mm. David Carradine show, but it's not. Yeah. It's it's the world disco dancing champion. Yes, Kadaki Dan from Japan. That was his name. Right, right. Yeah, in this in this episode, I'm just going to steal um, a, a quick rab on this day. Quick <laughs> run through the episode here, but I, I won't sort of take as long because I've got other things. Um, there's advert. There's Benny Hill. It's the first story is Benny Hill. Right. And um, we got Christmas crackers with um, Ed Stewart, Stewpot. Remember from oh, yeah. Cracker Jack? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Crush a grape. Yeah. There's um, 
Sapphire Steel. I love that mm. show. Joanna yeah. Lumley. Yeah, Joanna Lumley and uh, David. David McCallum. Uh, David yes. McCallum. Yeah. Yeah, it was excellent. There's a two-page Sapphire Steel. There's um, a competition to win a Frisco disco. <laughs> which, which, which is? It's um, it's like a mini turntable that you can, like hi-fi, you plug into your dad. It says you can plug it into your dad's hi-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, and there's, there's a rep recipe to make cheese and sausage fingers. Of course. Oh, of course. Um, <laughs> of course. <laughs> famous, there's a famous five story in this one. Right. Which is, uh, the, the artwork is fabulous, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, we've got, then we go on to the Smurfs. And then, oh, then, then there's um, a pullout and a big written article on Sham 69. Oh, superb. Yeah. So, so there's... Um, yeah, there's a big, it's a, it's a glossy two-page pullout with another two pages of text all about the Hersham boys and Sham 69. Oh, and and you see, in a mainstream kids' magazine, that's fantastic. Mm. Mm -hmm. Didn't they do a song called We Are United? The when kid, the, kids the kids are united. Yeah, if the kids ah, are united, we will never be divided. Yeah. 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 Um, an advert for Chad, Chad Valley Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then we go into um, a lovely Charlie's Angel strip, mm. and then the aforementioned World Disco Dancing Championships gets a good write up. Then some into some Battlestar Galactica, a, a little quiz on here's mind number two. Adam who sang the theme tune to Super Grand that you mentioned earlier, Billy, Billy Connolly. Yeah, yeah, and then we've got Mind Your Language. Oh, that's um, the the art again. The artwork is great because it actually does look like the characters. That's fantastic. Um, and here we go. The old um, TV. Oh, the Star Trek the motion pictures being advertised. Oh yeah. And that's the end of the seventies one there. But again, mm. like I say I'll, I'll pop them onto the um, mm. onto the website. There is. Um, there's one I looked at earlier. I'm just going to see if I can quickly get it because there's some brilliant little letters from young 10-year-old kids talking about the TV. So um, it's like points of view, but written. Um, and there was one basically saying that um, Emmerdale was rubbish, which made me laugh. You've got Buck Rogers and, and, and as it goes, oh, Words of Gummage with John Pertwee. Mm -hmm. On one, um, again, Sapphire Steel. Come to the Sapphire Cake. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. And we got, let me just, here we go. This is from 1984. And I'll just, we've got Duran um, Duran on, on the cover. So it, it's moved on from the hand drawer and it's now a pop of pictures. Hmm. Uh, Cannon of Ballers in it. <laughs> Terror Hawks. Yes, oh, I love Terrorhawks. Yeah, in yeah. colour. Terrorhawks mm. was in colour. There's the full guy. Um, what we got here? Some more Duran Duran stuff. Here we go. Um, it's a quick. Um, your, it's called Your View, and the headline is really boring, and it's from a, a Caroline Westerman, age twelve, in Kent. 
I would like to complain about Emmerdale Farm. It is really boring and the act actors are rubbish. I don't know how anyone could watch it. It's the worst programme on TV. <laughs> I think everybody could watch better programmes than this. <laughs> and the editor puts underneath, any fans of the show got anything to say about this? Um, uh, and yeah, Emmerdale's like, still going, hasn't it? It is, yeah. yeah. There's um, some of the headline on this one is Puzzled. I'm writing to say how puzzled I am about the A-team, the way they all fire automatic rifles at each other, but nobody seeming to get hurt. It's the same with the cars. A car goes into about six rolls, and when it stops, the people get out and carry on fighting. That's a Tony <laughs> Dare from age 14 from Hackney. That's well, sharp Tony analysis. Dare. It is. Yeah. As um, Philip Orlick from Dorchester. Um, he likes oh, all the oh, James Bond films because oh, they're all Philip funny. Philip Orlick from Dorchester? <laughs> yeah. I never heard of him. He, he likes <laughs> all the James Bond films because they're all funny and very exciting. And he thought it was marvellous how ITV managed to have so many of them on last Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> and that's that's a shame. Yeah. Fast forward and that letter's still relevant. Yes. Yeah. 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 And the last one is a programme I don't remember. It's from a Julia Kiff, age 12 in Stroud. I thought the ITV programme, Do It, was really good. My favourite parts were Make It and Eat It, but I liked all the other parts as well. The ideas on it are great. It's a pity ITV didn't think of a programme like Do It before. Hmm. Yeah, maybe I'll let us off. Why don't you? Yes, possibly. Yeah. 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 And then we're just, just flicking through this again, and we've got um, Night Rider with the Hoff. Hmm. And he's, yes. He's just crashed his car and punched somebody in the in the picture. Yeah. Bit more danger mouse. Yeah. Used uh, to love danger mouse. Yeah. Painful. <laughs> and and voiced by Terry Scott and David yes. Jason. Yeah, incredible. What a we combination. Have a, we have well, it's, it's returned, hasn't it? And it's it's yeah. now formed by Alexander Armstrong. Oh, was mm -hmm. it? Yeah. Which actually, to be fair. If you did watch an episode, it, it actually works. He does he does pull it off. Mm -hmm. I'll have to dip mm -hmm. into that. Mm -hmm. I've just stopped on a on a Bucks Fizz. Um yeah. oh, hello. had to be in there somewhere. Yeah, there's actually a story in a, on a little adventure. Because the camera never lies. No. Oh dear me. <laughs> Are you deciding what you're gonna say next, Bess? Are you making your mind up? I just think I'm sitting in a land of make-believe at the moment. <laughs> and, um, we're that biggest hits. We're going to struggle from there. I think, yeah, unless we pop Google up, I think we're finished. You know, with they, they were good, but now those days are gone. Oh, we're oh. on to B sides now. Yeah. <laughs> single. That was a single. That was a great. Uh, what, what a fantastic balance of music and programmes, though. Yeah, it really is. You know, because yeah. as you said earlier, you've got the classic American sci-fi in, in terms of Logan's Run. I can remember oh. we're in there, Space 1999, yeah. Battlestar Galactica, of course, the Bionics. And then you really have the 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 Dick Turpins, Wuzzle Gummidge, Danger Mouse. Yeah, <laughs> Sapphire and Steel. I, I think it worked because in, in my family, yeah, there's... Um... Me, at the time when I got this, there was me and two older sisters because my younger brother and my younger sister weren't quite of an age of reading magazines, but we could all read it. Mm -hmm. you know, There's something for everyone. 
Yeah. Was, yeah. Um, there might be an article, there might be an article on a footballer that I would have read. There might have been on something on a pop group one of my sisters would read. And, mm. you know, yeah. it, it's, there wasn't many comic stroke magazines that really had a market for everybody because yeah. the family could buy it and it'd be read more than more than by just uh, the dad and the and the boy like they like used to like Royal Rovers or Tiger just be a, a boy thing, wouldn't it? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, can but, I can remember um a beautifully drawing Kenny Dalgleish on the cover in one issue in, in a Scotland strip. Yeah. Um and yeah, just, obviously it was a feature on him, and I thought yeah, this is fantastic. Yeah, randomly, I, I remember—I don't know why this sticks in my mind—a cover with uh, the Tiswas uh, people and yeah. the Phantom Flying Flinger, <laughs> which, which was rumoured for for uh, for a while uh, to have been Jim Davidson dressed up. Right. right. Yeah, I heard that. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I've got the last ever issue of Looking. Okay. From right. 1992. And, um, sorry, 1994, the last, the last ever issue. And um, they advertise a magazine to replace it. Oh, this is interesting. Go on. Yeah. And the magazine was called Now. I don't remember that. No, no. it says um, out next week the mag that the mag that is replacing Looking. It's a monthly magazine that takes over from Looking, and it was called Now. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And on on it there uh, they said it's this is this is the. It's got song words, it's got interviews, it's got Garfield, it's got gossip, it's got style, it's got stars, it's got freebies, it's got amazing competitions, it's got a problem page, it's got everything. And that's what their, that was their advertising slogans. They so didn't have the phantom flying flinger. No. <laughs> but looking at, looking through the last episode of Looking, you can see why they knocked it on the head. Yes. It just became just a run-of-the-mill thing, where before it, it was go, it was must must have. Yeah, you know, I say yeah. It, it was one that I, I didn't really regard it as a comic, even though it mm. was um, it had strips in and stuff. But I just liked the telly bit. As I say, that that was mm. my that was my first thing, the, the telly bit. And what did you know? What day were people in Southern watching Famous Five when I was watching it on a Tuesday? It's interesting, actually, because I, I, I get what you're saying there, because in television southwest or um, even uh, westward, as it was, um, when they had some children's ITV programmes in the rest of the country, so we would dip out and do something called Gus Honeybun's Magic Birthdays. Oh, which Gus Honeybun, if anyone wants to Google it, is, is very famous, just a puppet that, you know, would stand behind some magic buttons <laughs> and a presenter for five minutes would read out birthday cards that kids had sent in. Um, I don't know if you remember Judy Spires. Uh, she used to present Pebble Mill at one. Um, yes, and also Ruth Langsford did it for a while. And one of those two, I think, um, caused a bit of a controversy because they used to sort of slap Gus Honeybun around a little bit. And then on this particular episode, which was live, she slapped him and his, his head fell off. Uh, 
yeah, which uh, I don't think that's an urban myth, but yeah. <laughs> I, but I, why did it, I, oh yeah, that regional differences. I was wondering yeah. why I said all of that. <laughs> yeah, so there, there was definitely, possibly somebody, uh, a TV company like Westwood probably didn't have the funds for American shows like the others, maybe. So they had yeah. to fill it with a with a bear that red birthday cards. Yeah. yeah. Gus fun. <laughs> <laughs> you you didn't miss much, to be honest. <laughs> no, but, <clears throat> no, as you said, looking back to looking, it's the artwork really did stand out at the time. Pretty much of its day, but it was really fantastically well drawn. Yeah, it's um like one that's Lindsay Wagner was always there or thereabouts, wasn't she? They, yeah. They, they did like, say, they, they liked their bionic stuff. And yeah. It's interesting to see how many covers of Lindsay Wagner there was. <laughs> Quite a few. Yeah. Yeah, I'd say there's, yeah. 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 And I think, I mean, I've had a, a view on eBay now and again for looking, and it, it does go for pretty good prices now. Yeah, if you have cool. a, you know, a good run of it. Yeah. 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 Very so interesting, that verse, eh? Yeah, yeah. Just, it's such a great memories of all these late 70s, early 80s TV shows, particularly. And yeah, the, the regional differences, as you say. Yeah. Yeah, so that was my little look at looking. Brilliant. Yeah, really enjoyed that. Yeah, so did I. Okay, uh, moving on to my section now. And uh, I've had a little bit of feedback, uh, some uh, personal messages on Facebook, looking forward to uh, me talking about the Fighting Fantasy game books, mm. which I'm a big fan of. Yes. Uh, they started in 1982, the actual books, but um, uh, the initial The Warlock of Firetop Mountain by uh, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingstone first, first appeared... Uh, cut down version in Warlock magazine but it first got properly published as a book in 1982 and for those that don't know what financial books you start at number one and you are asked do you want to go hypothetically of course left or right do you want to go left turn to section 37 do you want to go right turn to section 35 you know it's and you would have battles with dice and you'd have skill and stamina and luck and they were really really enjoyable i mean i remember being at secondary school uh, and must be about 84 85 when these started to get really popular and they'd been out by three years by then. Um, before I carry on, do you gentlemen have memories of the Fighting Fantasy game books? Also, absolutely none whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, I, I absolutely loved them. Um, as you say, around about the same time, around about got the first one was Death Trap Dungeon, and I don't know, I think that was maybe third or fourth in the, yeah. the publication. Yeah. Um, fairly early on, but yeah, you know, it was just so so straightforward to play, I would yeah. say, in terms of all you needed was a piece of paper, a pencil or a pen, and a dice, and that was literally it. 
Um, and, you know, you would spend some time, I, I can still picture the, the back of the book, or the original copy I had of it, and just, yeah. you know, rubbing out, filling in the, the skill, stamina and luck and the items of equipment carried and the, the jewels that you had and provisions and so on. Yeah. And just rubbing it out, you know, so often because you'd finish one game and, and obviously start again. And yeah. what, I would, what I would normally do is say I got, I don't know, 10, 10 plays into the, the book before, I get, before you get killed. The next turn, I would I would generally just start at where I'd finished. <laughs> Sometimes we'd write back to the start <laughs> and try a completely different combination. But the you know it was just so self-contained because you could obviously sit and have hours, you know, just playing playing yourself, or you could be playing with 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 your friends as well. You know, you could be sitting discussing it with them. So. Yeah, it was just such a brilliant idea. And it was the, the depth, I think, of the story writing by by Ian Livingston and Steve Jackson was just outstanding at that oh, time. Yeah. And, and they really were, I think, I, I think they were a phenomenon, you know, for, for the early 80s. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, they were. Sorry. Go on, carry on. Um, but another, I mean, another favourite, just, just from memory, is City of Thebes. Yeah, yeah, that was in the first 10, I think. Yeah, that was quite, quite early on. Um, and you would, at the time, you, you know, you would buy as, as many as you could. And, but they just, as I say, they kept you entertained for yeah. hours, and, hours and end. I think you'll be quite surprised at how many there were. Uh, you, you've covered uh, some of the stuff that I was going to say there, so I, I appreciate it. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's good. Uh, um, but going back to the Warlock of Firetop Mountain, I can give you a brief, uh, the first one, uh, a synopsis of how it worked. Basically, mm. they said that there was one true route to the end. Mm. And in this one, uh, you know, if you make the wrong decisions or you, you rolled a very low skill or stamina before you started the game, you probably got killed by the monsters that you fought because yeah. you'd have to throw two dice for them two dice for you and add it to your skill or stamina or whatever um and in the warlock of firetop mountain it took me years to finish because you had to collect well there were five keys that would Mm -hmm. open a chest at the end yeah now you have to fight the warlock on at the final stage in order to fit him to open the chest and you've won there were five keys to find but only three of them put together worked. So you could end up getting to the end and killing the warlock mm-hmm. and open, trying to open the chest and only two of your, mm-hmm. uh, um, your, you know, I don't think I ever got all five keys, but it took me years to yeah. finish. Yeah. And uh, that's the sort of way things worked in the books. Mm-hmm. Of course, they were very, very different. There were, there were science fictions one, uh, science yeah. fiction ones as they went along, House yeah. of Hell, um, Curse of the Mummy. But I, I'll briefly uh, remind people of just how many books there were. I'm not going to list them, of course, but mm. Puffin published them um, from 1982 to 1995. The first five or six had different coloured spines, and I think then they they republished them with 
green spines, which became very, very collectible, very famous. Uh, yeah. Well, they ran until uh, from 82 until 95. Uh, 59 different books. Did you know that? I, I wouldn't have thought it was quite as many, no. I, I thought maybe around 30. But um, another, th another thing I was going to mention that I always really enjoyed was the, the background story on the first yeah. few pages that just set the, the scene setter, really, um, for what was to come and, you know, the, the context of the adventure and so on. It was always so well written. And it, it really just yeah, kind of fired the imagination Right well, away, yeah, exactly. you know, and you just, you just, you know, this is the beauty of it because you had to really, you well, obviously, entirely use your own imagination. Yeah, to picture the the castle or the dungeon or the the cave or the the forest or the tunnel or whatever that you were in, and and then you know, although there were some some brilliant illustrations drawn throughout as well and pieces of artwork. Despite that, you know, you still you still had you know, just these images that you, you had to to come up come up with in your own mind. Yeah, because you, you had the little drawings in there, but you fill in the story with the visuals in your head. You're right. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's so much better. Well, to me, you know, I think it, <laughs> that's a sign of age again, perhaps. But that's just so much better to me than. Uh, I mean, I, I enjoy. I, I, Times graphic novels, and obviously I love you know comics, where where it's it's a visual and it's there in front of you. But where where you're really pushed to to picture it yourself, I think that's the, the strength of, and, and you really feel quite immersed in it. I think that's the sign of of really good story writing. I, I think um, I, I'm sure the listeners will um, get in touch with us if I'm wrong on this, but I believe from my research that uh, all of the books are set on the same planet. Yes. Now, of course, we sort of say, well, how does that work? If one is a science fiction, mm. one is a horror, and it, it, it's different continents mm -hmm. on that planet. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, do get in touch if, if I'm in error there, but I'm sure that they've been able to tie in every book. But there are more books to come. Uh, yeah. uh, so when those ended in 95, it's worth adding that there were, believe it or not, uh, four or five novels from mm. 1989 to 94, which I don't think I ever collected. No, uh, no, I knew, knew, knew of them, but yeah, didn't haven't haven't read them. No, um, uh, so yes, uh, there was then uh, the publication was taken over by Wizards mm. quite a, a few years later in 2002 until 2007, and most of them were just reprints, obviously different covers. Uh, you know, and not the green spines anymore. They lasted for 29 issues, mm -hmm. but did include three uh, originals, which was Eye of the Dragon, Blood Bones, and Howl of the Wolf. And right. the later ones uh, are very, very, very rare, because obviously the amount that were printed mm -hmm. was, was lower as it went on uh, because of the way it dropped in popularity as yeah. it went on. Um, then Wizard did a series two uh, from 2009 to 2012, again, reprinting nearly all of the ones or, or some of the ones from season one, 
Uh, that only ran for 16 issues. But again, they did do some originals. Storm Slayer, mm. Night of the Necromancer, mm. and uh, Mud of the Zombies. So they... Okay. Uh, moving on quickly. Uh, they are now still going. And believe it or not, it's 40 years yeah, since they especially. started. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, uh, Scholastic had taken over printing, uh, I think from 2017. Um, again, reprints of the originals, and they've reprinted them again with different covers since then. Mm. But interestingly, you have people like uh, longtime fighting fantasy fan, that was difficult to say, mm. Charlie Higson doing an original, The Gates of Death. Mm. And there were other originals as well, uh, Port of Peril, Assassins of Alancia oh, and yeah. Crystal of uh, the Crystal of I can't read my own writing now. The Crystal of Storms, which mm. was done by Rihanna Pratchett. Well known oh. there. Okay. Um, yeah. And this year, uh, two more books are coming out in uh, about four weeks' time, which are reprints of Steve Jackson's sorcery. Mm. that was never part of the actual fighting fantasy run it was a different sort of series so yeah. interesting that they're they're releasing those um as part of the complete set and two more books coming out later in the year uh, and that's all i know at the moment <clears throat> also but, uh, uh, also a convention uh taking place in london later this year yeah yeah i think it's the third or fourth one yeah um which just again shows you 40 years, and here we are, not only with the, the republication, the, then the publication of these new books you mentioned, but clearly there are a lot of fans still out there, you know, oh, and, yeah. and probably because I, I think they were really targeted at, you know, talking about an age range here of mm, early teenagers, 13 to 16-ish. Yeah. Uh, which, which, we certainly, I think I was maybe 12 or 13 when I, when I came across the, the first Death Trap Dungeon. Um, but yeah, it's just such a great piece of nostalgia that really takes you back to that very pre-internet time as well. Out of the one you what was your favourite? I think it was Death Trap Dungeon overall. I think it's an absolutely classic piece of just fantasy throughout, you know, as I say, not just the characters, the monsters, the setting, the the challenges throughout the book. Yeah, I, I think so. And it, it, yeah, I, I would say I spent most or the longest playing it with the determination to eventually beat it. Fantastic series to collect. And like Yours, you said, what's your favourite one? Mine? Yeah. I think it has to be... You, can you still hear me? Because my microphone yeah. just went. Yeah. Uh, I think it's got to be my first one, which was the Warlock of Firetop Mountain. Mm. Uh, they did do a sequel to that, number 50, a special return to uh, uh, oh, yeah. Firetop yeah. Mountain. But I, yeah. I've not actually challenged myself on that one yet. <laughs> uh, I think that's my my favourite. Right. First one. There are also um, as advanced... Fighting Fantasy, which yeah, is uh, an online role-playing game, is it? I think so, yeah. I never really got into that area myself, but mm -hmm. uh, 
I know there were uh, there were there were even two player fighting fantasy advanced yeah. book. Yeah. Um, but I didn't really I don't really know too much about the online side of things no. myself. No. Mate, mate, certainly check that out. Uh, sorry, Verso. That's fine. You carry on, boys. I will, I will mention one final thing. I would like to give a special mention to a, um, a man called Jamie Fry. Um, he produces every two years an absolute Bible uh, of everything you can collect, every variant, every book release in every country. Uh, and he he produces that every two years because right. you find more and more things from different countries. Um, you, if, if anyone is a fighting fantasy collector, uh, you can find Jamie Fry on one of the fighting fantasy game book pages on Facebook uh, because it is an absolute bible. Mm. I've got one myself. Yeah. Yeah. So again, as you would expect, Facebook groups to the fore. Yeah, uh, for fighting fantasy, yeah, it's no surprise. Well, that's my section done. Thanks very much. Yeah, it's two, as, as I said last week, two of my very favourite things here tonight, yeah. Look In Magazine and Fighting Fantasy. So, yeah. <laughs> I think Verso's gone into a coma. I <laughs> know. <laughs> no, no, as I say, um, do get in touch. Anybody listening tonight, with your, your own memories uh, of either of Look In magazine or indeed Fighting Fantasy and, and let us know. Yeah, and like I said earlier, we'll give out the details of our contacts later. Yeah. Okay, final section for this evening mm. and it's over to Rab. Rab's Rovers on this day. What yeah. are you looking at this time? This time we're going back to <laughs> 1990 and the 13th of January. And we've got a beautiful cover with, in colour, of course, with Mighty Mouse. Um, like this strip, actually, is, is, it's a sort of blue and white hooped strip, blue and white hooped shorts, uh, white socks with the blue tops, because you think, didn't often see Mighty Mouse in colour, did we? So no. um, it's interesting to see the strip there. You get a free chew bar <laughs> with this. <laughs> which I don't have still with this copy, you'll be pleased to know. Um, and it opens up with Hamish and Mouse. As I say, it was good to, to see the strip there um, for Princess Park, who were that time playing in the Scottish Premier League, and they are managed by Hamish's dad, who is called Mr McQuacker. <laughs> no, that's, sorry, that's Prince's part. The other team is Mr. McWacker and Daddy Balfour. It was as as um Hamish's dad. So fantastic names there. Yeah, there's one one shot where a guy walks down the, the touchline playing the bagpipes, no stereotyping here at all, of course. And uh, he gets smacked in the face of the ball <laughs> just to shut the bagpipes up. And we're pleased to know. And um Andy Steele Playmaker. Oh, yes. Here's the next story, um, which runs to three full pages, actually. Is that still in colour? Or No. I know when it no. went over to Rovers, it, it, it did go to black and white. It's black and white. Yeah, it's in black and white. Um, story of the story of a star, which was David Skew, wasn't it? He drew those, I think. Um, and this time it's Alan Hansen. Absolutely fantastic. 
Well, you've got to look at the fence. So, yeah, look, they're all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, then it's uh, certainly a Scottish team here because the fact file is Gordon Strachan of uh, then Leeds United. Just a bit of a Scottish thing going on. Very, yeah. So just before they won the title, of course, 1992. Billy's Boots continues all in, all in black and white until, of course, we get to... Um, the main Melchester strip, which we'll go through in a second. Nice Arctic, nice uh, advert for the best of Royal Rovers monthly, which by that stage was on number 22, um, which is 50 pages actually back then. <clears throat> so, which competition are they playing in? <laughs> go on, the Milk Cup. It's the Littlewoods Cup. You need to keep up with yeah. the sponsor changes, yeah. Oh, yeah, 1990, yeah. 1990, Littlewoods Cup, fifth round. And that match is just to come. So Roy takes some time off to open a new wing at the Melchester Children's Hospital. And, oh, it's Andy McLaren again. He, he appears in the ward and asks a boy who's, who's recuperating, clearly. Um, how are you, young man? Never mind about me. Why are you so rotten to Andy McLaren? My dad says you're not giving him a chance. Yeah, we talked about the, the clash between Roy and, and Andy uh, in an earlier podcast. Um, do they all think like that? Even the kids, maybe Charlie Sutton is right, right. Maybe I am losing my grip as manager, thinks Roy. So um, clearly this is a kind of ongoing storyline at the time. And yeah, so Roy has selection dilemmas, of course, with Andy McLaren. And he's going to fit him into the team, though. And he says at Danefield on Saturday, we're going to change the system so that you'll fit into it, Andy. Well, hang on uh, a sec. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Did you say, did you say Danefield? Danefield, they're playing. Yeah. Ah, I didn't. Yeah. They didn't. They didn't often. Uh, Cross over. No. 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 So I don't it's remember. A new, that. No. Um, so such a large crowd in that the gates are locked shortly before kickoff. And Melchester have a new 4-4-2 formation. Um, of course, Andy McClam knocks the ball down to Roy, who scores first goal, <laughs> naturally enough. Um, but Danefield quickly suss out McClam. And Johnny Dexter, now playing for Melchester in this one, sponsored by Panini in 1990. And very shortly afterwards, Johnny Dexter sighs summoning a Danefield player down edge of the box. 1-1 one, one from the free kick. And Roy, how much longer are we going to play for like this? Asked Duncan Mackay. Um, and the 4-4-2 just really not working, not going to plan at all. Danefield are pouring forward and suddenly, yeah, it's 2-1 to Danefield. You're dead, Melchester, dead and buried, says the wag from the Danefield crowd. Um, so next week, is it a short cup exit for uh, Melchester? Don't worry, they'll be returning in the, the League Cup or the Milk Cup or the Rumblers Cup soon. Um, Son of Racy continues the issue, again in black and white. And as ever, they're usually playing in some sort of six-a-side tournament with Rocky, of course, to the four. Um, the action, action extra is a sh nice shot between Sunderland and Newcastle. Ooh. Ah, here's another one. This will, Chelsea always aged this really well. Some of the fan letters. Chelsea are doing really well this season and with top-class players like 
Dave Besson, Tony Derigo, Graham Roberts, Gordon Jury, and Kerry Dixon. <laughs> wow. I think they have a good chance of winning the championship. What do you think? What do you reckon, Roy? Yeah, Whatever game. did happen to One Direction? <laughs> no. <laughs> Honestly, just, just, yeah. It, it, Chelsea date it brilliantly because they're, they're usually struggling in the second division. Or they've got these unheralded players back in the, the 90s. Changed days. Um, right. John Brimacombe of Plymouth Argyle. Is that a name that rings a bell? No, don't know they exist. Hines. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, school action force of him. Goalkeeper rounds off the issue from early January um, 1990. So towards the back, you can we do, you don't you don't have to fill in as many details about your own team on the page where you could normally do that and keep the, the stats of it. But you can actually fill in the gone as a predictor, but you can fill in the league results from, from your league that week. My Soccer Diary, so you can write in whatever you're doing with football between Sunday and Saturday. You've got your Player of the Week, Team of the Week, Manager of the Week, and my Football Villain of the Week. I like that, actually. Yeah. But, yeah, again, it's just kind of sign of the time that you would, you would um, if you collected Royal the Rovers every week, you could actually have a full record of your team um, for the whole season. Wow. Going back to Malchester Danefield, uh, mm. and, and just before I aim a comment towards Verso, who I think has actually gone to sleep. No, I'm still <laughs> with you, James. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember a annual cover uh, which had surprisingly uh, Johnny Dexter and Danefield on the cover, eighty-one mm. maybe, and their famous strip, which was a, a red, red thick strip, wasn't it? Yeah. Down yeah. the front and white on either side. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the Rover strip was colour, wasn't it? Mm. So were they wearing that strip? No, no, it was a sort of Ajax style strip. No, it's a black and white uh, striped shirt, black shorts, black shorts, uh, black shorts, black shorts. So, and it was at home. It, it was at home. It was at Mel Park. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, yeah. So it's maybe, maybe the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to Verso uh, if he can uh, uploading. Um, I'd like to see that strip in in colour. Mm. If, if you can add it to the uh, your your section on the message board, if you if you can find it, Verso. And unfortunately, my Royal Rovers goes up to number six hundred and twenty six, which is um, the twelfth of November, nineteen eighty eight. Oh. so I've got I've got one to six hundred and twenty six, and then right. I'm sporadic to the end. Oh, okay. what, what I'll do is I'll take a photo of it and I'll, I'll stick it on Twitter. Yeah. First of all, I can do that. I did that last week with the Melchester strip. And yeah. I will get it from there, hopefully onto the website as well. Okay, brilliant. Yeah. I enjoyed that one. I say that every week. Well, as I say, um, some of my real favourites, you know, there are favourites every week, um, absolutely in the things we talk about, but yeah, particularly loved. Yeah, what's the paper quality of the comic at the time? It's very similar, actually, it's a good question. It's very similar to the late 80s, I would say. It's not glossy at all. It's just that you're sort of normal, fairly thin paper, actually, so, yeah. It's not, it's not the paper paper, though, is it? 
Um, ooh, no, I would say it probably is, actually. I would say well, you know what I mean? The, the, the period of time when it had a circular logo, which looked a bit childish to me, and... Yeah. Uh, um, no, no, that was that was in eighty five, eighty six. Yeah, yeah, no. And then, and then it, it changed. It, it improved in sort of eighty seven onwards again. Yeah, but it's right. it's certainly before the the glossier paper came in. Oh, about ninety ninety three, really, until that. And then, of course, that was the last year. I'm just going off on a slight tangent here, which I tend to do. Um, looking at issue six two six, which is mm. the last one of the the full run of of the run I've got. Um, the date is 12th of November, ev every Monday. Mm -hmm. But then the next one I have is issue 765, and it says every Wednesday. Yeah, I think the, I think the days did change. I, I have a feeling in the early 80s, it was a Saturday it came out, actually. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of every Saturday. So that's interesting, I mean, yeah, different days of the week. I remember it being delivered on a Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, absolutely. Just looking at some of the early ones, and and the the date on the mask is definitely a Monday, and it says definitely says every Monday. Hmm. Oh, wow. But maybe it was maybe it was uh, Monday for a while, and the yeah, one, it said Wednesday. Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I I used to go to the um, news agent on a Saturday to pick mine up. Mm-hmm. Definitely remember that. Yeah, being delivered, it was delivered as well. Saturday. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, but it's uh, quite possibly different days. I mustn't have been getting it delivered at the time of the Bazran tragedy, because as I've stated in previous podcasts, I walked into the newsagent and saw that on the shelf mm. and was absolutely mortified, as we've mentioned in the past. So, yeah. 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 I know. I know. Yeah. But good good times. Uh, not Bazran, certainly, but the, the sort of 1990, yeah, still classic Roy the Rover stories that are, are going there, Mighty Mouse, Billy... Billy's boots, playmaker, goalkeeper. Yeah, it's all there. Uh, and I've said before, I'm surprised Andy Steele never uh, uh, signed for Melchester. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was an, it was, yeah, an obvious one, wasn't it? Um, after the likes of Johnny Dexter, particularly moving, moving across. You mean rapper Hardesty or whatever he was called? Oh, don't start me off again. Oh, <laughs> move on, move on. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, um, if anyone has any memories of anything we've spoken about tonight, I mm. mean, we've gone quite in depth into some of the things we really, really love. Uh, do get mm. in touch, and it's time for mm. uh, the addresses, gentlemen. Yeah. So, who wants to go first this time? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I've got the um, the forum is www champweareunited.proboards.com pop yourselves on there catch up with everything we talk about it's, it's good and yeah. across at twitter um, yeah. thanks Vessel. we have at champ underscore a-r-e so at champ underscore r and many thanks again for the the comments that we got um, today, because I just put that out, out up this morning, I think, uh, for looking and fighting fancy. And what I will do, I, I think I got some good feedback in this last week, was I, I put up some pictures of Grange Hill and um, also the Melchester Strip. So I will put up one or two pictures again of looking, certainly, and a fighting fantasy cover, I think, and also the Melchester Strip from 1990. Sounds good. 
next week, episode 28, uh, we'll have uh, more of Verso's Comic Corner, more of Rab's Rovers on this day. And I will be finishing off my Secret Wars uh, mm. trilogy of sections. I was going to make it four parts, but I will finish it off next week looking at Secret Wars 2 and all its spin-offs mm. and also the return to Secret Wars uh, from, I think, 2015. So that's what I'll be talking about. And we'll finish that off as a three-part section. Uh, so, yeah, it was a good one tonight, wasn't it, lads? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's all, it's all very sort of UK-based again, isn't it? Which is, which is what we aim to do. Yeah. Um, with looking and, and fighting fancy, I, I think there's something, you know, I know that um, fighting fantasy probably could sell it in America. But yeah, it's just particularly sort of British fantasy to me. Yeah, and we, um, I don't think there are many podcasts out there that cover UK comics uh, and all of the other different things that we talk about, like fighting fantasy mm. or ground hopping, uh, uh, like we do. So blowing our own trumpet a little bit there, I know, but <laughs> um, I, I, I know the listeners do enjoy the different content that we do. Yeah, no, it's good. It's good to have, as you say. The variety that we, that we do, um, the different types of comics that we touch upon, and, and some of the TV programs and music chat that we often get into as well. Um, that's it. We, we, we're like looking, but a podcast, we've got something for everyone. Pretty yeah. much, that's exactly it. That's it. That's there's a, there's a the headline: uh, a podcast for everyone. <laughs> there's something I in like there. It. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. It. yeah. I think, yeah. I mean, I think if you are. Um, you know, if your memories are of the 1970s and 80s and, and a bit of the 90s as well, then yeah, I think you're, you're certainly going to find find us talking about something which will resonate. Definitely. Yeah. Well, I think that's it now, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I think it's time for the goodbyes. So uh, first of all, uh, Verso. Yep, goodbye, everyone. He always does that every week, doesn't he? <laughs> Uh-huh. Straight to the point. Yeah. <laughs> I stay a little bit silent because I think he's going to say something else, but no, that's fine. Uh, Rab? Uh, very good night and many, many thanks as ever for listening uh, to this edition. We do hope you enjoyed it. And as we said, do send us your own uh, memories and feedback on it. Yeah, definitely. And it's a good night from me, girl. Thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your contributions. And we will be back with you next Wednesday for episode 28. Good night. Good night.